I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is not the London I grew up in. It's time to take back our city. This granny's joining the resistance. Are you? Play Watch Dogs Legion. Available October 29th. Rated M for Mature. Welcome to Scuderia F1, the podcast that's always up to speed with the latest Formula One news. Follow us on Twitter at ScuderiaF1Pod and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Daly and Kevin Laramang. Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome back to the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One here on the Overtime Media Network. I'm your host, Mark Daly, and welcome back. It is Friday, it is almost weekend, and even if there is no Grand Prix this weekend, it's still a good thing because it's weekend, (laughs) and weekends are basically what we're all uh, living for, isn't it? Uh, What was that old song, though? Everybody's working for the weekend or something like that. Anyways, if not, sounds about right to me. It was uh, just a few more hours to go for most of us as we wrap things up and look forward to a couple of days of R&R. As I mentioned, yes, there is no Grand Prix this weekend, but uh, Formula One is back in action very shortly. Uh, This time next week, will we be getting ready for the Portuguese Grand Prix at uh, Portimao? Looking uh, forward to that. And then after that, it's uh, uh, back to to Italy for uh, Imola at the uh, the end of the month. Actually, that'll be uh, San Marino. Actually, the World Cycling Championships were there a couple of weeks ago, and it was actually kind of cool to see that the, the the racetrack there was actually part of the circuit that they did for the the, the World uh, Cycling Championships. Uh, you know, for for the road cycling, it was pretty cool to see. Even though they went, uh, I think they went uh, back to front around the circuit, it was still uh, uh, kind of cool to see. And uh, even though not as fast as a racing car, it was still uh, pretty impressive uh, to watch. Anyways, we're not here to talk about cycling. We are here to talk about uh, Formula One. So let's talk about that. And uh, there's still a lot of things going around. Uh, after Lewis's big win in uh, in Germany last week at the Nürburgring for the Eiffel Grand Prix, equally Michael Schumacher's record of 91 Grand Prix uh, victories. Anyways, uh, there's been a couple of things said, and one of uh, uh, Lewis's uh, big rivals over the past uh, couple of years, Sebastian Vettel, says uh, despite all the records uh, that uh, Lewis Hamilton now holds, he still believes that uh, Michael Schumacher is still the best uh, Formula One uh, driver. Anyways, um, excuse me, Seb had to say about it, quote, I think I can't respect his efforts enough. It's been uh, the number in my head that I thought would never be quite beaten or equal. I think we can uh, be quite certain he will exceed this number. Nevertheless, I have to say that Michael will always be my hero. And I think that Michael had something about him that I haven't seen in another driver so far. Uh, I think he was better than everyone else I've seen so far. I think he had a natural talent that is very difficult to, to explain. I think if you saw him go karting, obviously, I didn't see him at a young age, but I did an older age. I was happy to join him in the race of champions a couple of times. So you see a little bit more of the skills and the car control. And both the karting experience and the race of champions experience, I think it showed he had a natural ability, as I said, I haven't seen with anyone else so far. On top of that, he had an incredible work ethic, but I think it's the combination of the two for me that stands out. I haven't seen a match yet, end quote. So yeah, well, there you go. I mean, uh, there's with the, there, there is no doubt that uh, Michael Schumacher was also a very talented Formula One uh, driver. I mean, uh, he was Lewis Hamilton basically before Lewis was Lewis. I mean, uh, just in the terms of uh, setting all the records and becoming that uh, almost untouchable uh, figure in the record books. I mean, uh, you know, for for Lewis to to, to equal or beat uh, many of these records that uh, Michael Schumacher held for so many years is uh, it's, it's very very impressive. But I mean, let's uh, let's be uh, honest here. I mean, when, when Sebastian is talking about that uh, that, that uh, Michael Schumacher is still the best driver, I mean, it's got to be. By very, very small amounts here. I mean, uh, Lewis Hamilton is 
with, without a doubt, the best driver of this current uh, generation. And he has earned his, uh, his place absolutely in the conversation of uh, best Formula One driver of, of all time. And I mean, he's going to go keep on going for, we don't know how much longer, of course. I mean, he's in his mid thirties now. He's got a couple of years left. I mean, the thing is that uh, once he gets to, uh, you know, he breaks all these records and, uh, you know, sets some new ones that, uh, what is he, where, where's his motivation in the, in the long run? I mean, to Lewis's credit, I mean, he still seems to, to be focused. He still seems to, uh, you know, in, enjoy Formula One. And when he decides to retire and walk away from the sport, I mean, it's going to leave a huge gap is, uh, and, and, and he will be very, very sorely missed as you might expect uh, for, for anybody that's uh, of legendary status, uh, like, like Lewis Hamilton. But like I say, I mean, uh, when uh, Sebastian is saying that, uh, that uh, Schumacher is the best uh, driver of all time. I mean, of course it is. And I mean, it, it's got to be some of the little intangible things here, but I think that uh, obviously when you, when you're looking at it, I mean, uh, Lewis Hamilton also very, very talented, a very, very good formula one driver. And of course, uh, Sebastian is, uh, you know, as he said in the quote there, I mean, uh, Schumacher uh, was his hero, whereas uh, Lewis is one of his contemporaries and one of his rivals. So he's probably always going to look at them uh, a little bit uh, differently. I mean, he's re- raced against uh, Lewis for so many years and uh, uh, Michael not so much, right? So, I mean, there, there is going to be a bit of a, there's going to be, a, you know, I, I think a kind of a biased opinion, but I, I think that uh, as far as it goes, I think that uh, that Lewis is probably pl- pretty close to Lewis, or sorry, to, to Michael Schumacher in terms of uh, talent and the quality of a uh, Formula One driver, racing driver that he is. Anyways, uh, Lewis himself has to say that uh, many former Formula One stars have what he says, a bee in their bonnet over his success. And this comes in the wake of what we were talking about a couple of days ago. Actually, I think it was on last week's On the Long Show when Jackie Stewart said that he said it was hard to justify how Lewis stacks up against some of the other greats in Formula like Fangio and Jim Clark. And of course, uh, you know, there is a little bit of merit to, to that because he says, you know, there, there's a longer calendar for them. I mean, you know, back in the day, they were racing, what, six, eight uh, Grand Prix a year, and then they were driving another series as well. And in the modern era, their their teams tend to be more dominant uh, than they were back at, I guess, in the 60s and the 70s. But I mean, come on. Uh, I mean, that uh, that holds uh, water to a certain extent. I mean, I grew up, uh, you know, I was a kid in the 80s, and uh, I, I grew up uh, with the dominance of watching McLaren and and. and Williams, and then you go into the the nineties. That was more the same, and then you had uh, Renault and Ferrari, McLaren. You know, it sort of comes and goes. I mean, this uh, this era that we've seen over the past six or seven years with uh, with uh, Mercedes and the unparalleled uh, dominance that they've had. I mean, sure. I mean, uh, there is uh, something to be said about that, but still, I mean, they just didn't get there by accident. I mean, they've obviously spent a lot of money. They've gone out and uh, you know recruited the best people for all aspects of that Formula One operation. But it... For me, from from my perspective, I, I find it hard to really judge and rate drivers. Uh, you know, from from you know across different eras in Formula One, when when the formula was different, the technology was uh, different. I mean, the only way we could ever know who was the best driver is to to be able to get all these guys in their prime and identical identical equipment and line them up against each other head to head. And of course, in this reality, in this universe, it's it's never going to to happen, and it's just going to be a pure speculation. On my part, on your part, uh, Jackie Stewart's part, but I mean, it does make for a really interesting kind of conversation. Anyways, uh, Lewis himself, uh, he, he was actually a little bit confused about him uh, that, uh, that that some of you know some of the former Formula One drivers have uh, been saying. And Lewis had to say, "quote I don't think you should knock anybody for the way that they do things. I get knocked by many people, particularly like older drivers. They still have a bee in their bonnet. I don't know why. Maybe one day they'll get over it. I have so much uh, respect for the past and the past led." even those that uh, do continue to talk negatively about me all the time. I still hold them in high regard because I know so. Uh, it was so difficult, a different time in history. It was incredibly tough for them, and they remained the legends that 
that uh, they were then. In 20 years' time, whatever it is, when I'm looking back, I can promise you this. I will not be talking down any young driver that is coming through and succeeding. Our responsibility as an older driver is to shine a light as bright, bright as possible, end quote. You know, I think that's uh, that, that's a great attitude, and, uh, you know, that, that Lewis, and I, th- I think that in this case, I mean, the, the, the best example that you can be is just to take the take the high road, take the criticism, the comments, and things like that, and, you know, just let it roll off of your shoulders. I mean, uh, people are going to make uh, comparisons, uh, and, and that's just natural. And I mean, it's uh, that that discussion is going to be out there because, I mean, he's the best right now. And I mean, he is one of the best of all times. And, uh, you know, people are going to make those uh, comparisons. I mean, w- when it crosses the line, of course, if, you know, that it becomes derogatory or, you know, they... they maybe a bit of a thing, well, you know, he just happened to have the best car. Well, I mean, a lot of these guys, they had the best car too for the time. Some, maybe some of them didn't have uh, cars that were quite as good as others, but were able to uh, to extract more performance out of it uh, because they were just more naturally talented drivers. Sure, that's fine. But to really compare drivers from the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, the 80s, whatever it is to, to the drivers of today, I mean, you, you can really kind of rank them up there, which ones, uh, you know, you, you think would be the best, but we'll never really know. Of course, it's uh, just a bit of a, a speculation, but I, I particularly like what, uh, what, what Lewis says about when, uh, you know, 20 years from now, when he's looking back, uh, you know, he's, he's not going to be uh, throwing any shade or talking down at uh, any of the younger drivers that are coming through. And uh, who knows, maybe the, the, the Lewis Hamilton that's, um, you know, going to be that uh, dominant driver in 20 years is maybe just starting out in karting right now, or maybe that person isn't even born yet. Who knows, right? But uh, I I think that he has a great uh, view and a great attitude to say that, uh, you know, again, he says, quote, our responsibility as an older driver is to shine a light as bright as possible. Anyways, uh, time for a break here on the Overtime Media Network. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. 
Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is not the London I grew up in. It's time to take back our city. This granny's joining the resistance. Are you? Play Watch Dogs Legion. Available October 29th. Rated M for Mature. All right, well, welcome back to the show. And uh, kind of sticking with Lewis Hamilton's contemporaries and his rivals, or perhaps wannabe rivals, uh, Mattia Bonato, team principal at uh, Ferrari, says that the upgrades that they've put on the SF1000 shows that uh, Ferrari is starting to move in the right direction after, you know, going through a pretty deep and dark uh, start to, to the season. But uh, still, you know, they may be wor- uh, going in the right uh, direction, but they have a long way to go before they're going to, to really be back up there, challenging for the podium, challenging for race wins, and challenging teams like Red Bull and uh, and Mercedes. I mean, the, the drop in performance that they've had has been pretty extreme, and... You know, <laughs> If you're a fan of uh, Ferrari, you have to be quite disheartened that, uh, you know, some of the the, the the comments that have come out uh, from some of the, the higher ups in Ferrari over the past uh, several months is going to be a year or two uh, before they're really going to see an improvement and they're back in a place where they're winning uh, w- winning races and challenging for championships and, and things like that. And how could you not be a little bit uh, disheartened? I mean, th- this is a team that was still legitimately challenging for the, uh, for, for the championship, not even two years ago but I mean there have been a lot of questions about that uh, the, the the power unit that they had in the car and I mean uh, there was a lot of speculation there that they were doing something illegal last year and of course that that wasn't helped by that secret agreement that they had with the FAA over last uh, off season and then now you look at just uh, the, the drop that they have in, in power and I mean it's not just them you look at the other uh, couple of uh, teams like uh, Alpha and, uh, and Haas that also have uh, Ferrari power in their cars and they're just uh, nowhere as well I mean the, the, the other problem that uh, Ferrari had is uh, that that last year they went with that high downforce model. I mean, these, this year's cars are basically a development on last year's cars, which is uh, going to be the same thing that we're going to see next year as well. So, I mean, we're, we're really looking at 2022 when the new cars come into effect. And, um, you know, that that is a fair ways off. And uh, there, there's going to be a lot of racing, hopefully, between uh, now and then. I mean, we still have uh, half a dozen races to, to go before we... Uh, put a wrap uh, to this season to this championship uh, for for 2020 we have no idea what uh, what 2021 is going to to, to look like but uh, of course we've seen in this covid landscape that uh, formula one's been able to to operate and hold races and have fans at uh, at, at events i mean there's quite a large number of people at uh, the, the the Nürburgring last uh, weekend all nicely socially distanced and things like that but the point is uh, getting back to 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 Ferrari is that uh, you know it's it's going to be a long time and and 2022 really is a big unknown i mean it's a, a complete change in everything and uh, it really remains to see or be seen whether or not uh, they they can nail it when it comes to these new cars. And, uh, well, we we won't know for another year and a half how that's going to go. Anyways, um, Bonato, anyways, uh, going back uh, to the the upgrades that they've uh, introduced uh, quite uh, recently, uh, he had to say, uh, quote, I think we were not expecting a lot of difference. It was a small upgrade and was completing a package that we started introducing in Russia. The positive is that it was correlating well with what we saw in the wind tunnel and back at the factory and somehow that means we are moving the car in the right direction there will be some further upgrades uh, during the remainder of the season which will be as well important and for us what's uh, key is the team developing the car and more important making sure the direction we are taking with the car is the right one uh anyways uh, yeah well i guess that is uh, good from a, d- a development uh, point of view that uh, that that uh, what they're seeing actually on the track is matching the data that they're getting in the wind tunnel and that uh, what what's uh, you know theoretical is actually playing out in in reality i mean Charles had a, a pretty decent uh, qualifying, but I mean, they're still a long, long way uh, off the pace. Maybe they're starting to catch up and then uh, maybe they're more uh, challenging teams like uh, McLaren and Renault than, uh, you know, the past uh, couple of months where they've uh, you know been closer to teams like Williams and Haas and, uh, and, and Alpha, which of course have the same engines as them <laughs> than, uh, than they were with, uh, with, with the Red Bulls and the Mercedeses of the, 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 the world. But, you know, the, I guess, 
when things have been so bad that uh, you know that uh, that any forward progress has to be uh, uh, be positive, it's got to be uh, give them a little bit of. Um, I guess a little bit of momentum and just a little bit of reassurance that the things that they're actually working on are starting to pan out and the issues that uh, that they have with the car, they're starting to understand them and they're finding a way to fix them because, I mean, there's still a lot of miles that these cars need to do, not just this year, but next year. And uh, certainly uh, the, the sooner that uh, Ferrari can get a handle on these, then uh, they'll start to get a little bit of, uh, you know, save a little bit of face and a little bit of uh, respectability and maybe start uh, moving up in the race order. Anyways, uh, let's uh, let, let's talk about uh, one of those teams that uh, for I may wish they want to be, and uh, at the moment, anyways, and that's uh, Renault and uh, Danny Ricardo, who scored uh, his first podium for Renault uh, last weekend at the Eiffel Grand Prix, says that it's a no longer a hit and miss car. Uh, anyways, uh, it, it's a, it's a pretty uh, tight race in the constructors. If you look at Racing Point, McLaren and Renault, there's only six points uh, between them, and only half a dozen uh, race, uh, races left. And uh, one of the things that's been really good, uh, really working well for Renault recently, is they've been uh, quite consistent. They've been the or consistent, pardon me, and they've been the top uh, six uh, in every race since uh, Belgium a couple of months ago, which I think is uh, really good. And uh, this has been uh, the, the best uh, run of form that they've had in a while. And uh, you know, when you see them scrapping it out with uh, with, with the McLarens and Racing Point, uh, I, I think it's pretty good. And I think that even though it's going to be <clears throat> Excuse me, a, a foregone conclusion at the uh, at the top. I mean, obviously Lewis is going to win the championship, and obviously uh, Mercedes is going to win the constructors. And I mean, uh, Red Bull unfortunately are just kind of stuck in this kind of uh, no man's land. Uh, they're they're not quite uh, good enough. Or, or fast enough to uh, challenge and beat uh, Mercedes uh, on on a regular basis, but they're still quite a ways ahead of the uh, the, the 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 challenges. But where it's at in the in the constructors right now, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch over the next half dozen races or so as uh, the season starts to wind up. Is that three way battle between Racing Point, McLaren, and, and Renault? Anyways, uh, Danny Ricardo had to say, quote, from the start of the year, it's been a new car from last year in terms of it's been a lot better. The rear of the car has picked up a lot of downforce, so that's given us drivers confidence to nail the throttle and get off the corner better. It was around Silverstone, I think we had a few updates, and that was really just like we were uh, able to basically find a bit more ease in setting up the car, and it wasn't so hit or miss. Last year, I felt we at times could be very fast or well outside the top 10. I think now we're just able to sit in that sweet spot, and obviously the performance is there. It's proven now we've done it on the low downforce and high downforce circuits so yeah i think it's a good package and we should have confidence now for the remainder of the season end quote so yeah i mean uh, consistency is obviously very important in the fact that uh, the the car is uh, running well both on the different uh, kinds of circuits the low downforce the high downforce and they're starting to uh to to score you know decent results in the top six like i said uh, since belgium since uh you know over that uh, those past six races i think is really really good and that uh, podium that uh, ricardo scored scored at uh, at the Nürburgring last weekend. I mean that wasn't any fluke. I mean just uh, th- that's been brewing and that's been on the cards for 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 some time. And that's why I think it's going to be very interesting to watch uh, this move that uh, Ricardo is going to make at the end of the year to McLaren. I mean uh, here you have uh, two teams that are going to, you know, rivals in in their own sense in the championship and uh, it's going to be really interesting to see where Renault is next year and same as uh, McLaren. I mean they they're both teams that uh, seem to be uh, progressing in the right uh, direction. I mean Renault, you know, they they, they kind of plateaued there over the past year or two, but now they're starting to to, to move forward and, and and McLaren continue to get better after uh, really climbing out of that deep, dark place uh, that they were at uh, a couple of years ago. So it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out uh, for Ricardo, if uh, McLaren's going to be uh, be able to uh, beat his current team or if he's going to be a bit of a, you know, same uh, sort of uh, level performance and it's going to turn out to be a, a bit of a lateral move. So definitely a story to watch uh, for 2021. Anyways, the guy that's going to replace Ricardo at uh, at Renault next year, Fernando Alonso, says that uh, his test for the team uh, this week at Barcelona on Tuesday says it's a new beginning as he gets his uh, Grand Prix racing career back uh, going again with his third uh, go round with the uh, with the, the with the team that's uh, based out of Enstone. I mean, uh, he uh, drove uh, tested for what was then a Benetton Playlife B two hundred way back in December two thousand. Of course, he won two World Championships uh, with. With, uh, with Renault thereafter. Uh, anyways, uh, Fernando would just say, quote, it's going to be an amazing feeling after two years not driving a, an F1. I'm really looking forward. It's going to be like a new beginning, getting surprised about the speed of the car, 
the braking performance, the cornering speed, and a lot of things that will surprise me once again, and I'm looking forward. It's very special to be back in Barcelona. I remember my first uh, test with Benetton in the year 2000 was at Barcelona. It's going to be the same circuit 20 years after the first test. It's going to be one of the last opportunities with the car uh, name on the Renault brand because next year's it's going to change. I feel very privileged, and I'm looking forward and very excited, end quote. So yeah, anyway, so we're going to take a quick break here on the Overtime Media Network, and uh, I'm just going to discuss on the other side and talk about uh, Alonso's take from his test earlier this week, and we'll do that in just a moment. So bear with me, and we'll be back after this short message from our sponsors in just a few moments. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress, and that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is not the London I grew up in. It's time to take back our city. This granny's joining the resistance. Are you? Play Watch Dogs Legion. Available October 29th. Rated M for Mature. All right. Well, welcome back to the show. And uh, just picking up on what we were talking about uh, before the break, uh, Fernando says uh, that the car is outperforming him at the moment. That was his uh, take on uh, his uh, 100-kilometer test at uh, Barcelona in the uh, RS20, which was actually, uh, well, I mean, it's it's a bit of a different uh, thing than what they normally get to, to, to do. I mean, if he wanted to run uh, more kilometers, he would have had to drive an older spec car, which he probably would have been more uh, familiar with. But uh, in order to get into this year's car, they had to uh, go with uh, what they call like a, um, what is it, a filming day or a promotional event. So they don't get like the the actual uh, con you know racing compound tires that they get uh, normally. They get a bit of a, a tire thing, so or a different uh, tire compound to, to, to work with. Anyways, uh, he said it took some time to get uh, used to the braking and the the, the, the cornering performance levels. And, uh, you know, of course, it's, it's going to take him a little little bit of time to get back into the loop. I mean, two years is not a long time for us mere mortals in the in normal life, but two years is a very long time in a, in a dynamic sport like Formula One, and Fernando is uh, certainly going to have his uh, work uh, cut out of him uh, uh, to, to get back and get back into shape in Formula One. Anyways, he had to say, quote, it's been a very good day in Barcelona, our filming day, only 100 kilometers for me. They were very special. Getting back into an F1 car and uh, to the team, the feeling was good. I think the car is obviously out performing me at the moment because I cannot extract the maximum from the car. Getting back to the F1 speed is not so easy. I was improving lap after lap and trying to give feedback to the engineers. Also, we had some filming to do, so there were cameras, there were drones following the on track, so it was hard pressure, hard work today. I think the car has potential, uh, and we see every weekend, uh, but still some room to improve, as we know, and we'll try to do it in the shorter term, end quote. All right, well, interesting. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch uh, Fernando come back. I mean, 39 years old. I mean, uh, not that that uh, necessarily means anything uh, these days, as it maybe did in the past, considering considering uh, how uh, phenomenally fit these uh, top-level drivers are. But uh, still, I mean, he's going to have his uh, work uh, cut out for him uh, to, to really get back up to speed, uh, pun intended, uh, for 2021. Anyways, uh, this is a bit of an ominous quote. Uh, Total Wolf team principal is, uh, uh, of uh, Mercedes said that uh, they stopped developing their 2020 F1 car a very long time ago. And, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, if they're, they, they've stopped the, uh, the, the, the updating 
machine and the development on that uh, project, you know, on that car. Um, you know, I, I think that is a, a bit ominous. I mean, uh, the, you know, Red Bull has been able to close the gap and, the, you know, Max is there at, at arm's length. Uh, anyways, uh, the thing is, they have not uh, put any updates on the car ever since uh, they, they halted uh, development uh, quite some time ago. Anyways, uh, Toto had to say, quote, we finished the updates a long time ago and that's always been in the past. Uh, what we looked at uh, is a very thoroughly thought through uh, decision because not uh, every championship can you afford to, to close the book early, but the rules change quite a lot uh, for next year and in that respect, like previous years, we decided to switch ne- to next year's car. This is why you can see in the shifting performance between the teams, we always have very strong start in the middle of the season and then whoever continues uh, to develop is uh, strong at the end. End quote. So yeah, I mean, that uh, that that is interesting, but I mean, the thing is uh, Mercedes, uh, they, they usually are so far ahead of everyone else that they really have, uh, you know, such a, a performance advantage uh, and, and they have such, uh, you know, by the time that the other teams are able to catch up to them, they usually have a very comfortable and, uh, you know, big lead in the championships that are very hard to uh, to uh, to catch up with. But, uh, you know, interesting to, to, to get to Total's uh, take on that. And of course, yeah, I mean, uh, even though I said that uh, these cars are, you know, basically going to be the same for next year because of the, the, the COVID uh, uh, rules and things like that, uh, you know, the, everything that's uh, changed, you got the cost cap uh, coming in and, uh, you know, they're going to have to use this uh, token development system and things like that in the areas of the car that they want to upgrade. So it's it's not as, uh, so to say, a clear cut uh, uh, year to, uh, to to plan for. I mean, there is quite a bit of work involved in it, but I mean, the, the, the basic car is going to be the same. Anyways, uh, moving ahead now, uh, just uh, sticking with uh, Mercedes, uh, they said that the DAS, the dual access uh, steering uh, system, was not a game changer for them at uh, the, the the Nurburgring, and this is that system, you know, where they push and pull on the uh, on the on the steering wheels, uh, the, the the drivers, so they can uh, change the, the the toe in or out of the the the, the car. So it's interesting uh, because um, it was a very cold race at the track. It, it uh, didn't go above eight degrees uh, Celsius, and the track temperatures only went as high as 17 degrees uh, centigrade. So not very, very warm. So it really uh, was a real chore and a real task for the drivers to get their their tires up to uh, temperature at the early part of the uh, the, the, the Grand Prix. And then also, uh, you know, after the safety car. Anyways, uh, Lewis Hamilton uh, was was actually heard on the race radio for, uh, you know, asking the car to, uh, safety car to come in after it was deployed for uh, when when Lando Norris uh, retired. Um, And uh, Lewis wanted the uh, the safety car to come in, uh, but you know to prevent the tire temperatures uh, from dropping uh, any more than they were, and uh, and Max Verstappen was uh, doing the same thing. Anyways, uh, Mercedes um, has uh, benefit occasionally from uh, the DAS on the car this year to to help assist with the tire tire warm up, and uh, you know it, it is this uh, you know system that they developed, and uh, we we really got a look at uh, in preseason testing way back uh, you know a million years ago in February of this year, and uh, that that was a big talk when we saw Lewis and uh, and and Valtteri Bottas pushing and pulling on the steering wheel and uh you know it, uh, it but it is uh, kind of funny that uh, there, there was a lot of uh, speculation that uh, that that's was uh, you know b- back at the time that uh, th- this really was going to be this huge thing that was just going to make uh, you know what was already a very very good uh, you know formula 1 car even uh, better and 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 faster but it really i mean it has given them an advantage, but uh, Total Wolf kind of played it down, especially after the the, the, the Nurburgring, saying that it wasn't a game changer, and uh, that that uh, and. Um he had to say the following. Pardon me, I'm losing my space in my notes here. Uh, anyways, Toto said, quote, uh, you can see that the Red Bulls, Max particularly, was very good in sector one. So their warm-up, uh, whatever they did, was better than ours. But over a lap, obviously, we gained the, the time back. The DAS helped a bit. It's not a game changer, the silver bullet, like everybody believes. But it is a good tool to keep a, a little bit uh, more heat in the front, end quote. Yeah, you know, I, I think that is kind of interesting. I mean, I think a lot of people, especially when you see uh, Mercedes, uh, you know, come up with uh, with something, I think the natural reaction action from from everyone is is like oh my god you know these guys have developed something new they're going to be even faster now i think that uh, is just maybe a, a natural reaction to have because they have been innovators they've been so good and they've been dominant in, in, in formula one so i think that anytime that they come up with a with, with a system or, or any advantage uh, even even if it's a small and marginal that uh, i think the natural uh, reaction is that it's going to give them a, a huge benefit uh, and they're just going to you know increase their their gap to uh, their their challengers at uh, 
at, at the front. So I guess the other thing is too, and, and this is a strange year. I mean, we had factory shutdowns uh, earlier this spring because of the, although the whole COVID lockdown situation and things like that. So, I mean, we, we haven't had uh, the opportunity for, to see other teams try and do and develop something like that uh, and put it on their own cars, but uh, it, it will be something to watch and keep an eye on over the winter and see if uh, that, that appears on any of the other cars for, for, for 2021, if uh, to see if anybody's going to take the plunge and try and develop uh, something uh, similar, because that usually is a, a good indication in Formula One if uh, if something really works. It's it's one thing for one team to use it, but then to see it uh, adopted up and down uh, the, the 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 paddock is really the the, the big indication of, of whether or not uh, the, you know, something like that really works, or if it is just um, maybe a, a bit of a gimmick that doesn't really lend a huge amount of uh, performance to, to everyone else. But like I say, of course, everybody's going to think that uh, Mercedes is going to run and blow everyone out of the water again every time they come and develop a, a different system. Anyways, uh, time for one final break here on the Overtime Media Network. Please don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is not the London I grew up in. It's time to take back our city. This granny's joining the resistance. Are you? Play Watch Dogs Legion. Available October 29th. Rated M for Mature. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you for uh, sticking around. And let's get into the last batch of the stories as we start to wrap the show up this week. Surreal Abitabul, who is the uh, team principal at uh, Renault, says that uh, the top bosses at Red Bull and Renault could at some point get together and discuss uh, a possible deal to uh, resupply Red Bull with engines uh, for uh, 2022. Of course, uh, Honda announced a couple of weeks ago that they're going to withdraw from Formula One at the end of uh, next Next year, and uh, that of course was a, a big announcement, which kind of leaves um, Red Bull in a kind of a funny place. They're not going to get Mercedes engines. They're probably not going to get Ferrari engines. Uh, Renault seems to be about the only uh, one that makes any sense. Uh, but uh, Beatable said uh, recently that uh, that that's not really uh, it's it's not really a huge advantage for them to uh, supply other teams. It's not a big money maker, and it doesn't really uh, you know uh, really drain them in resources uh, too much. But I. Just just think that it's it's interesting that discussion is out there and of course that uh, discussion has to be had but uh, it is kind of uh, funny and ironic uh, to a certain uh, degree considering that uh, there it, it was a bit, I wouldn't say a nasty split, uh, but I mean, it, it, it didn't really end uh, too well between, you know, two, two entities, two groups that had, uh, you know, done so much and won so much uh, together prior to, to the, the, the current engine formula that we have in Formula One with the, uh, the, the V6 turbo hybrid eras or engines, pardon me. But I mean, uh, when, when it was normally aspirated that, you know, the, these two, they, they won a lot of races and championships uh, to, to, together, but it just, uh, 
it just didn't really translate into this uh, the the era that we're in now. And I mean, you go back even to 2014, 2015. I mean, even then, I mean, uh, it wasn't so much a criticism. Uh, it was more just uh, commenting at, at that point uh, from from Christian Horner that uh, that the uh, that the engines that they were getting from uh, from uh, Renault just uh, they they weren't as powerful. They weren't as good as a Ferrari and uh, and and uh, and Mercedes. And of course, they did get a little bit better over time, and they were able to close that gap. But they were never quite as uh, qu- uh, quick uh, as, as either the, their their two uh, rivals. But uh, I mean, they were still good to win a number of races. And the thing is that they've had with Honda, they've got sort of an equal uh, you know power unit to, to what they had with the, with, with Renault because uh, we, we've seen that they've been able to win uh, races here and there, but they're still just not quite able to to get that close to uh, really challenge uh, uh, Mercedes. But anyways, um, Beatable said that uh, the conversations about a, a possible deal to resupply Red Bull uh, could uh, take place uh, between the, what he calls the highest level between the the, the, the bosses of the, the, the two companies. Um, anyways, uh, Abitabula had to say, quote, uh, if you're asking about the level of discussion, I think Helmet, uh, and that's Helmet Marco, has always been at the my point of uh, contact for these uh, discussions. So I would expect that he remains so. Having said uh, you are right, uh, Dietrich uh, Meischitz uh, knows uh, Luca De Meo, so maybe there will be some discussion going on there. There's not so much uh, discussion at this uh, point in time. I think Red Bull is still in the aftershock of Honda's announcement, which may or may not have been uh, news to some persons in Red Bull. It's not clear to me. But anyways, I think they're still trying to take stock and understand options. And when uh, comes the time, I guess they will look at what the regulations allow them uh, to do so, end quote. Uh, so interesting. Um, I mean, it, it really is, I think, one of the logical options uh, that they have. But, uh, you know, th- this other story that uh, is interesting, um, uh, Marco, uh, Helmet Marco, that is, uh, says that their preferred option for 2022 is to actually take over Honda's uh, engine project and run the power units uh, the, themselves. And, and this I think it's absolutely, uh, you know, uh, fascinating. And, and I find this really interesting that, uh, you know, instead of, uh, you know, be kind of becoming a customer to, uh, say one of the other engine manufacturers, regardless of uh, Mercedes, Ferrari, or Renault, you know, that they, they, they uh, might actually just uh, take over the, the, the Honda project and, uh, become, uh, well, I guess they'd become a manufacturer, uh, you know, uh, in, in their own right. Anyways, uh, Marco, uh, was uh, speaking to, to German channel sport one. He said, quote, it's a very complex subject, just as complex as these engines are we would favor uh, provided the, the that the talks with Honda are positive that we would take over the IP rights and everything that is necessary and then prepare and deploy the engines ourselves in Milton Keynes but this is only possible on the condition that the engines are frozen by the first race in 2022. At the latest, we cannot afford further development, neither technically nor financially. That is a prerequisite, uh, end quote. Anyways, I think that is absolutely uh, fascinating. And I must admit that uh, I didn't really see this t- uh, twist uh, coming. But I guess this isn't really all that much different than, say, uh, Ross Braun taking over the, uh, the, the the Honda Formula One uh, project, uh, you know, over a decade ago, which uh, turned into Braun GP, which turned into Mercedes. And then, you know, we know the rest of the story. Anyway, so so that is certainly, uh, I, I think, that uh, one to keep an eye on. And uh, But of course, there, there's a couple of things, even though it's a, it's a fairly short quote from, uh, from from Helmut Marco, there are a couple of uh, key uh, takeaways there. I mean, one, I mean, the, the, the Honda is going to be uh, receptive uh, to that. And then also there there's a big if in there when uh, when it comes to the you know, wh- you know what's going to be happening with the the engines uh, being frozen by the first race of 2022 because of that uh, the the development uh, technically or financially uh, after that so you know it, it's something i think that uh, that is certainly uh, fascinating and i'd love to be able to see them uh, pull that off i think that would add a really interesting twist uh, to, to formula 1 all right uh, just uh, sticking with uh, Renault uh, uh had to say that uh, they have to become uh, addicts uh, to success. And uh, this comes uh, in the wake of uh, Ricardo's uh, podium uh, for the team at uh, the Nürburgring last weekend. Anyways, uh, Abita Bull had to say, quote, it's clearly a very emotional moment. It's a great feeling. That podium may not uh, be the end of everything uh, and the ultimate target of our journey in Formula One. In uh, particular, the results uh, that the manufacturers want, which we uh, want more than that, uh, but there always needs to be a first. And that first podium here, that moment with Daniel at a place like this one is a great moment. And I would uh, just like uh, that we are not in the situation in which we are so uh, with social distancing to celebrate with more people directly and uh, more physically being a bit Latin, but it's a great moment and a great emotion, end quote. Yeah, absolutely. 
absolutely. And I, I think that, uh, you know, what, what he's saying is that they have to become uh, addicts uh, to success. I mean, you, you look at uh, Mercedes, I mean, uh, just uh, how much that they've won and how much they've accomplished in Formula One uh, since uh, 2014, especially. And the, the, the thing that's, uh, that, that really always gets me is that uh, every time they win a, a race or a championship, uh, regardless if it's the drivers, the constructors, well, I mean, they usually win both, so it's uh, neither here nor there. But uh, these the still looks like a, a group of people that uh, really enjoy going out winning and and racing each and uh, every weekend and uh, I, I think that uh, you know that that's the mindset that you have to have I mean not that uh, anybody else in Formula One is just kind of phoning it in and just uh, showing up uh, just to, just to be there but I mean I think that uh, Mercedes are obviously a shining example in, uh, in in many different areas and of course uh, one of them is just uh, the, the the fact that they are like I say I mean they just just look excited to, and happy to be there uh, each and every weekend and I mean they've had the, their ups and downs obviously a lot more ups than than downs i mean the downs uh, you know there there haven't been uh, too many especially in the last uh, couple of years when uh, there's obviously been uh, more harmony between the uh, the two drivers but it's definitely a, an attitude that uh, you know some of the other teams could uh, could take on themselves. Anyways, uh, a couple of stories here just to, to, to wrap it up. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg, who uh, filled in uh, for Lance Stroll at Racing Point uh, last uh, weekend uh, when uh, Lance uh, wasn't uh, feeling well with, uh, with a stomach bug. And the second time he's actually filled in for Racing Point this year, I mean, he filled in uh, twice at the uh, at the, uh, the the two races we saw at Silverstone for the British Grand Prix and the 70th anniversary GP back in uh, July when uh, Sergio Perez had to sit out uh, because of his positive COVID test. Anyways, uh, uh, he's really done well and filled in uh, very well for his, uh, uh, you know, his former team. Uh, he uh, <laughs> he lit- literally was just kind of in the uh, the, the, the the right uh, place at the right time. I mean, he qualified twentieth and last, uh, but uh, he worked his way up in the race uh, to eighth position into the points, uh, and I think that's uh, great. Uh, you know, and that's after only having two starts in uh, Formula One this year because the first time, uh, sadly, even though he was uh, going to. Uh, fill in for Perez uh, at the British Grand Prix actually didn't actually get to partake because of a mechanical issue uh, but I mean I think this is a, a great story and uh, and what's been obviously a very strange year anyways uh, Andrew Green who's the technical director at Racing Point he had to say quote Nico did a fantastic job uh, from when he came in which was uh, effectively Saturday afternoon I think he deserves a huge amount of credit for what he did I think with the time he had and the uh, the changes uh, that the car has undergone since he last drove but I think he did uh, a remarkable job. We knew he would. That's why he's always on the, the end of the phone for these sorts of uh, situations. We uh, know him well. We know what he likes. We know what he doesn't like. We were instantly setting up the car around uh, how we knew he'd like it, uh, but it needs time. He needs time in the car and it needs time at the track, uh, which is what was uh, missing, end quote. But anyways, I mean, uh, that notwithstanding, I mean, the fact that uh, that he literally showed up uh, and uh, and jumped in the car uh, on, on, a, on a moment's uh, notice to, to uh, even to qualify last i mean that's uh, not a disaster i mean uh, considering that uh, he was only two tenths off uh, nicholas uh, latifi and kimi raikkonen uh, who were ahead of him on uh, on the grid i mean to, to to get up to eighth position in the race itself i think is uh is, is quite phenomenal i think he's uh to, to be congratulated i think it's a, a great story Anyways, uh, Red Bull actually say uh, that that the Hulk is uh, is an option for the team in 2021, and uh, they actually uh, talked to him at uh, at the Nurburgring uh, this uh, past uh, weekend. So uh, part of that was uh, because uh, Alex Albon had a, an inconclusive uh, COVID test uh, before the weekend, and uh, so Helmut Marco said that they actually talked to Hulkenberg about uh, possibility uh, uh, filling in for 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 Alex if uh, he tested po- uh, positive uh, in the end. Uh, it didn't it didn't work. Uh, or it didn't work out that way, and obviously he filled in uh, for for Stroll in, instead. Um, but I think it is interesting that he is in that uh, that that conversation now that uh, perhaps uh, he could get a race seat uh, with uh, with Red Bull for for next year. Uh, even though they still still seem to be uh, fairly uh, positive about uh, Alex Albon, and uh, they they still believe he has a potential to to be much uh, closer to, to to Max Verstappen. But uh, Marco did uh, say that uh, the team uh, needs. Uh, Albon to perform at his best and uh you know he said that uh, that if he's not that uh, two obvious options that the, the the team have are um uh, Nico Hulkenberg and Sergio Perez and of course uh, Perez is out of a race seat at uh, a racing point at uh, the end of this year because uh, Sebastian Vettel's going to go there for for next year when they become uh 
uh, Aston Martin, uh, Martin. Uh, anyways, uh, the, 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 the thing that, um, that, uh, the Marco goes on to kind of, uh, give a little bit more context, to, to uh, mentioning Hulkenberg and Sergio Perez is that, uh, you know, or, or anybody that might uh, be a potential, uh, teammate, uh, for, for Max Verstappen is just how close are they in terms of, uh, pace and how close, uh, that, uh, that, uh, you know, they, they could be to him because he, uh, he said, quote, we have comparisons with Danny Ricardo and we can draw conclusions about where the drivers stand. I don't think anyone would get uh, closer than three tenths. On good days, Albon is able to uh, create this uh, proximity to Max. Albon is young, uh, but we are aware if they can't stand the pressure, we can't afford to be standing on one leg uh, when it comes to the world championship. That is the situation, end quote. And that's the thing. And that's uh, what they've been missing since uh, Danny Ricardo went to, 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 to Red Bull was a guy that uh, was uh, pretty close in terms of uh, speed and pace uh, to, to Max Verstappen was able to uh, deliver a lot of points, uh, was uh, good to win an occasional race here and there. And of course, uh, Alex Albon and then uh, Pierre Gasly, who uh, got half a season with them last year, they're, they're, they're younger dry, uh, drivers, so they didn't have that experience that, say, Danny Ricardo had. But still, I mean, that, that, that uh, comparison... Is going to get made all the time, and those uh, that that's what people are going to be uh, looking at. Anyways, uh, Hulkenberg, I mean, uh, he's thirty three. I mean, he's got uh, I think a lot of uh, left uh, left in him in Formula One. I mean, the thing is, he's got uh, one hundred seventy nine starts in Formula One, no wins, no podiums, but I mean, he's got five hundred twenty one points. Uh, he had one pole, two fastest laps. I mean, he's uh, basically been around for the for the past uh, decade. His uh, his uh, debut in Formula One came uh, way back at uh, the the twenty ten uh, bar. Grand Prix, and uh, the thing is, uh, he just uh, missed out when the, the musical chair stopped at the end of last year, and uh, Esteban Alcon got his drive at Renault, and the the the, the Hulk uh, didn't have a drive uh, for this year. But I mean, he also did some uh, world endurance uh, racing. I mean, he uh, won Le Mans with Porsche back in uh, 2015 on his first go round. So I mean, uh, the, he he's got challenge or he's got talent. Uh, I think uh, it would be kind of cool to see what he could do in a car that uh, could obviously uh, get him as some podium. So it'll be one to keep an eye on. All right. Well, I think that's uh, pretty much uh, all we got time for this week. Like I said, it was a little bit slower in terms of news than uh, than, than the past uh, couple of weeks. Uh, you know, we got uh, got a race uh, to look forward to at Portimao next week. I think that's going to be fun. I mean, we got some tracks that we haven't seen before, and some other tracks that we haven't been to for for some time coming up on the calendar over the next uh, couple of weeks. I mean, the the, the one thing that, uh, that 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 you look at in terms of the calendar, we got Portugal uh, next week. Then we've got uh, uh, Imola the week after. Then we're going to Turkey. And then it's going to be, uh, you know, a, a bit of a gap in between that uh, b- before we get to go to the Middle East in uh, November. So we, we got three solid weekends to, to look forward to, to racing, then a bit of gap uh, in between. And then uh, the, uh, yeah, <laughs> then sadly, there'll only be a couple of races left before we uh, we start to uh, to, to round up uh, the, the the season. But you know, it seems funny that uh, that, that uh, by the time it'll all be said and done, when we get to Abu Dhabi, just in the in the, in the first half of December, that we're not really going to be that far off the uh, the the traditional end of the uh, the, the Formula One season. Usually goes uh, comes up about the the end of uh, November. That that's where it's been over the past uh, several years. And uh, despite all the things that have happened and all the delays and cancellations that we have because of COVID, that we're only going to, you know, even though we're only uh, at 17 races compared to uh, uh, 22, we only lost five races and we're still only going to finish the season two weeks uh, later than we uh, usually did uh, or or would do. So that kind of blows my mind a little bit. Anyways, uh, like I say, thank you very much uh, for downloading and listening to the show. I I appreciate all the time. I appreciate the the, the emails and the tweets and the messages. So uh, please keep those. Uh, come you want to get in touch please do so uh, scooteriaf1pod at gmail.com or at scooteriaf1pod on the twitters and that's it that's a wrap enjoy your weekend and uh, this time next week we've got a new uh, race to look forward to so we can't wait to, to start talking about portugal until then have a great weekend take care talk to you soon bye for now Thanks for listening to the Scuderia F1 podcast. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, then head over to ScuderiaF1Pod.com. Want to get in touch with us? Then email us at ScuderiaF1Pod at gmail.com. This is not the London I grew up in. It's time to take back our city. This granny's joining the resistance. Are you? Play Watch Dogs Legion. Available October 29th. Rated M for Mature.